Welcome to episode 573 of the show. Today's episode is also another out and about uh, recording. So if you hear uh, poultry, people, cars, it's just um, yeah, it's just one of those days. All right. So today we're going to be on episode 573, and that is networking for getting leads and customers. Um, if you are joining the podcast for the first time, currently you're in the middle of a uh, narrative arc where we're exploring old school methods of getting leads or getting customers now even though leads customers definitions might be different if you check business books i'm going to use them interchangeably for now just to keep things simple and also to make sure that we have a working definition of um, all the things that we're uh, talking about over here on the show so if you're interested in seeing what came prior then you can check the older episodes we're currently on 573 so i suspect if you check from episode 570 onwards you'll see the episodes where we did all the good stuff on uh, google um, seo um, what else uh, advertising boosting posts uh, and all those uh, good stuff that can be done online and then my own classification new school old school basically the difference is just online offline because the uh, new school stuff as I like to define them are things that have become really popular with the advent of the internet and are the kinds of things that uh, folks my age and probably yours um, would do while the old school stuff are things that we only had available to um, our parents uh, when they started off in business like for instance my father was a journalist uh, but he also sold uh, cement on the side and was a cement distributor for uh, Ashaka cement back in the day. I'm not sure if Ashaka cement is still in existence um, in Nigeria. So Nigerian company. So if you're uh, a listener in some other country, uh, don't be alarmed that you don't know um, some of the companies that I refer to from time to time. So um, since was a distributor for uh, Ashaka cement and he sold um, uh, cement, uh, some of the options that would have been available to him would have been things that we have been discussing in episode 572, which we did yesterday on, uh, gosh, yesterday was on trade shows. Okay, yes, yesterday was trade shows and today is networking. So these are the sort of things that my old man would have had available to him, trade shows, networking. And if your parents had been in business as well, it's the same sort of thing. My mom is a retired public relations uh, professional, um, also uh, marketing communications, you can put it that way. And so during her days, these are the sorts of things that were available to them. Networking, trade shows, on and on. So right now we are on the old school uh, methods for getting leads and um, customers. And today we're going to be talking about networking. Now for those of you who are listening for the first time, like I said, a lead um, I'm going to use the terms leads and customers interchangeably, although in a technical sense, a lead is just someone who might be interested in your product or your service. So there still is some work that has to be done on your own end to get the person from the level of possible interest um, to the level of actually paying for your product or service. So yes, a lead and a customer are not the same thing, but I'm using those terms interchangeably just so that if it's your first time, we are not knocking you over the head with highly technical terms that are making it difficult for you to follow. Now, what is networking? Uh, well, networking, different definitions depending on who it is that you ask. But in my own opinion, uh, networking involves an exchange, um, 
networking involves an exchange of uh, professional or um, social contacts, uh, more or less. So we're meeting with people, we're interacting with them, and we're exchanging uh, professional contacts, we're uh, exchanging social contracts. Sorry, contacts, without the R. Now, um, some other person is going to come up with another definition of networking that is much more uh, essential, that cuts to the purpose of networking. And those are conversations that we need to have because people who have this exchange mentality just show up uh, and hand out business cards all over the place or hand out flyers all over the place and then they go home and they say that they've done networking successfully, which is not the case. So yes, all those other definitions of networking that try to drive uh, home the essence of what networking is, all those uh, definitions are really needed and so explore them wherever you find them in business material or over the internet. Uh, but for now, we're just going to look at it bare bones and it involves an exchange of professional contacts or social contacts. Now, one thing that I have to point out and that the people who talk about the essentials of networking get correct is that networking has to be a value-driven exchange. And that's the reason why a lot of us, including you listening to this podcast right now, have huge databases that have no value for you or anybody and those databases are on your phone. If you check your uh, contact base, you find that back from when you were in uni, or uh, for those of you who are much younger, uh, let's say secondary school, because I didn't get my own phone until uh, university. And I was of that generation where people got their phones um, phones, and maybe the first laptop or something uh, up until um, we didn't get them until about university age. And now uh, kids are getting uh, laptops and phones in primary school. So for those of you who are much uh, younger and involved in uh, business right now, uh, you have your phones that you've had since secondary school, and that's the biggest database that you have right now. If you check, you'll find that a lot of you have 3,000, 4,000, some people even 5,000 contacts, especially now that you can migrate all your uh, contacts to, um, what's it called, Google Google contacts or iPhone iPhone has their own native thing where you store people's contact information. So whatever it is, whether you store it on um, Google or on iPhone, we all have thousands of contacts that we don't use. We're never going to call. They're never going to call us. And that's because there's absolutely no value in it for them to reach out to us. And there's no value in it for us to reach out to them. And that's the reason why we have these huge databases that we're walking around with every single day with absolutely no value. So networking has to be a value-driven exchange. It's not about the person who has the most contacts. If you have only 500 contacts, but you're deriving lots of personal and professional value out of that, that's good. And that's better than the person who has 20,000 contacts, but derives no professional value or no um, social value um, out of them. Uh, Let's see, what else? So what networking opportunities are out there? There are the spontaneous, everyday, unplanned networking opportunities that happen to absolutely everyone, no matter what it is that you do. So I'm in the business consulting space. Uh, when I'm out with the family or uh, maybe we just leave church, uh, I run into an old classmate or an old colleague. Um, those are opportunities for networking. In fact, I know some people who go to certain churches deliberately to network. Because there are some churches in Lagos or Abuja that are supposed to be uh, supposed to have the cream of the crop, people who are upwardly socially mobile, and uh, the idea is that if you go to this church or to that church, then you run into a good crop of people for doing business with. And so these opportunities for networking are on plan, and they happen every day, in church, 
uh, at the PTA meeting uh, for the kids. Um, let's see what else. Uh, you're going out to work out uh, every Saturday. Maybe you're getting flabby and you want to work out some more. So you go to the park close to your house. You run into some people. Um, whatever it is, that is spontaneous every opportunity is for networking and it happens to everyone. And so you have no excuse. The thing is just to make sure that you are prepared and you have a framework for being, uh, for being able to network effectively. And now there are also those formal networking opportunities, uh, networking dinners that are organized by trade associations. Uh, that's something that I've spoken about in older episodes of the podcast, especially when I was targeted towards uh, people in the wedding and the event space. So in Abuja, uh, for instance, there's an Abuja event planners network or something of that nature. I can't remember the name. And they used to have um, mixers and networking events and dinners and things like that. So those are those um, formal opportunities. Yeah, networking dinners. Uh, let's see. I think some churches. Okay, mostly new school churches anyway. Throw together those sorts of things. Um, I don't think if you're Catholic like I am, don't expect to have the church organize a networking session anytime uh, soon. But most, uh, some of the more... Uh, younger uh, forward thinking in quote Pentecostal churches organize these sorts of things and so um, your church uh, might organize them uh, your place of work uh, might organize them um, yeah different things like that so these are some of the formal opportunities then there are also networking clubs uh, the most form, uh, famous of them being business networking international uh, BNI then there's also i think lions club although some people would say lions and rotary and rotract and all those are not networking clubs uh that they're more um, social organizations but let's face it at least in nigeria anyway the average person who joins lions uh rotary rotract uh what else there's some there's another one that is linked to the united nations but the name escapes me right now i think it starts from secondary school and it continues on till people leave school so the average Nigerian who joins this thing is doing it precisely to network because they're thinking right now, I'm in secondary school, I'm in uni, I'm going to graduate soon. I need to have um, a contact base of people that I can reach out to uh, for uh, favors, um, for uh, business, for employment opportunities. Uh, you never know. So let me um, reach out and build my network as wide as possible. So. Um, there are lots of people who are joining these other clubs, that's apart from BNI, who are joining things like Lion, uh, Lions and Rotract, Rotary, uh, precisely because they want to um, network. So all these things, I uh, would put them under the classification of networking clubs. Now, uh, BNI is different in one respect, um, in that the people who join the BNI, Business Networking International, in fact, it's even in the name, they join it with the express purpose of networking. And so because of that, they have a highly... Um, formalized and well set out um, way for how these meetings um, are run. Oh, okay, networking clubs, I forgot to mention, uh, Toastmasters. Toastmasters, not a networking club, but let's face it, the average person who joins Toastmasters is also hoping to uh, meet certain kinds of people. Uh, that's apart from improving their public speaking and um, elocution skills. So back to uh, BNI. So BNI has a much more formal um, process for networking where you join the meetings, everybody has a chance to introduce themselves, talk about the business uh, businesses that they're involved in, challenges that they're facing, and the kinds of people that they're willing to meet. So that other people who are um, in the house at the meeting 
if they have anybody that matches that description can just uh, reach out to you the person who is speaking and then make the necessary connections so some people say it's an efficient form of networking the other people who find it too stifling but it depends um, just give it a shot if you're looking for networking opportunities then this is something that is also available uh, to you then there's also fraternal organizations some people are going to say fraternal organizations are not networking um, clubs because they're more like social organizations well like i said in nigeria a lot of people who join these things are joining them precisely so they can network so in nigeria we have uh well not not just in nigeria uh world over there's the freemasons it's a fraternal organization um and then uh, there's also the oboni in certain parts of the uh, country some people might say oh no these two freemasons and oboni they have a religious aspect to that that is beyond the scope of this podcast so i'm not going to go into details um on that uh the religious aspect of these organizations but the thing is certain fraternal organizations like the freemasons and oboni people join them precisely because there's this idea that uh freemasons are uh, powerful people they're well connected blah 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 oboni members are powerful people and well connected in uh, certain ranks of society and so if i join freemasons or if i join oboni i'll be able to meet uh, big businessmen um Okay, well, Freemasons and Oboni, are, I think they are exclusively male. I don't know any female fraternal organizations. Um, yeah, I don't know of any female fraternal organizations, not to say that they, they don't exist. So the idea might, being, might be that if I join a Freemason Lodge in Abuja or in Lagos, or if I join Oboni uh, back in uh, Port Harcourt or you know, in Asaba or whatever, that I'm going to be connected to um, highly influential people, captains of industry, uh, governors, uh, who knows maybe the president you know who knows it's we have a president that was rumored to be a member of um the Oboni. Uh, well anyway the person that told me said he half jokingly so i don't know if it was a joke or um if it was real but anyway um that's the reason why lots of people join these things precisely because of networking organizations uh sorry networking purposes um regardless of the um, religious um, affiliation now how do we get customers from networking we get customers from networking by sorting through. We have to sort through all the contacts that we get to figure out who has a need for our product or our services. That's the primary way. Sort out who has a need. That's a potential customer. You can follow up on that, on, uh, that particular contact. Now, we also have to sort through contacts to figure out who could be valuable associates to do business with in the future. Because a lot of time, especially on the spontaneous front, you know, while you're out networking or you're picking up kids from school or you run into somebody in the church, you're just getting this uh, information um, and business cards and all on people that you can't see how business is going to come out of this now. But you get a sense that this might be uh somebody who might be valuable to um keep in touch with in the future so you hang on to those details so you have to sort through uh, contacts to figure out that who could be valuable in the future then you also have to sort through contacts to figure out opportunities for cross referrals and partnerships because you run into people who uh is people who are not your customers so back to the example that i gave earlier about the abuja event planners association and i think in lagos they have some wedding some professional photographers association or something like that so you run into other people that you're not going to do business with them because they're not your customer but the thing is uh, like in the lagos case uh, professional photographers association if you are a uh, wedding photographer and another person is corporate you guys can enter into an arrangement um 
Mr. Corporate Photographer, you have people who are getting married, you don't like shooting weddings, pass them along to me. Uh, on the other hand, if I um, have uh, um, clients who are getting married, I'm doing the wedding photography, but they happen to work in social so and so industries, maybe like uh, insurance or banking or whatever, and these people like to throw end of year parties and things like that. I'll hand over the details, you call them up, see if you can drum any business out of them. Uh, deal, deal, and then you guys end up doing business together. So the wedding person sending business one way and then the corporate person sending business back another way and it also happens um, same the Abuja events uh, planners association you like to plan weddings exclusively another person likes to plan um, maybe babies parties or corporate events and you guys should refer business back and forth so you get customers from networking or value from networking by sorting through the contacts that you have now a really important question that I want um, to ask, which gets, uh, which will uh, those who like to look at the essence of, um, who like to talk about networking in a very essential sense. Can you sort through contacts if you are the one doing most of the talking? The reason why we have to address this question is because a lot of people assume that to be good at networking, you need to have your spiel, you need to be uh, have your presentation, and you need to be able to wild the crowd, you need to be able to hold your own. Uh, that's the reason why um, attending things like Toastmasters, uh, lots of people think you should do that uh, precisely because you'll be good at elocution, presentation, and you should be able to network better because you're going to be better at talking. So can you sort through contacts if you're the one doing most of the talking? And the answer is no, because talking is about making presentations and presentations don't allow you to figure out who's in the room and doesn't allow you to figure who is worth spending time with tomorrow. So you can make a beautiful presentation now, but the thing is, making a beautiful presentation now just leaves you open for other people to um, approach you. But remember that the value you get from networking isn't necessarily from who approaches you, but from how effectively you can sort through people. And so you're not going to be able to do a lot of sorting if you're doing most of the talking. So let's be prepared to talk and make presentations uh, let's have our elevator pitch. Uh, let's see, what else? You know, whatever it is that uh, people call them in your um, industry. Sales pitch, presentation, elevator pitch, uh, wow them, uh, them remarks, whatever. So we need to have that. It's absolutely important for when people ask, what, is, uh, what do you do? That's the wrong time to start saying, what do I do? Um, uh, I think, well, you know, maybe because, you know, that's the wrong time. So have your pitch ready. But remember that listening and conversational skills are the hallmark of good networking. Let me repeat that again. It's listening and your conversational skills. Those are the hallmarks of your good networking. Because you're going to be having one-on-one -on -one conversations to figure out who's in the room, to figure out what they're interested in, figure out what business they're involved in, what their business goals are, their personal goals are, the kind of opportunities that they're working on, the challenges that they're facing, blah, blah, blah. You can only do that in one-on-one -on -one conversations, not when you're talking at people or not when you're making an, uh, uh, making um, uh, a presentation about how effective those presentations will be. So you have to be able to listen to people and have good conversation, uh, conversational skills. So these are the conversations that will help you sort through, number one, who your likely customers are. Because it's only when you ask them what line of business are they involved in that you're going to be able to figure out that, oh, okay, I'm involved in agricultural um, export. Uh, this person is involved in uh, mining limestone. And then you're going to be able to click that, okay, there's opportunity for you guys to do business together. 
this might be a good place for you to buy limestone much more uh, cheaply for you to uh, export okay i don't think that was a very good example i don't know if there's a market for exporting limestone i think limestone is going to be used locally uh, for building uh, for domestic building and stuff like that but anyway you get the point is when you have the conversation with the person and you figure out that the person is involved in limestone that you're going to see uh, what intersection there is between what your own business is and uh, the limestone business. So you should be having those conversations. That's how you're going to figure out who your likely customers are. You're also going to be able to figure out your likely business partners in this sense because if the person is a limestone trader, mining limestone from um, Nassau Estate, you're also a limestone dealer but you are in Abuja you know this might be a possible supply partner you're only going to figure out that out if you're asking all these kinds of conversations and then you're also going to be able to figure out other stakeholders in your business space that you should be keeping in touch with just in case because the person that you run in touch with if you ask all these questions you might figure out that the person works in the ministry of um, uh, let's see what ministry would that be limestone limestone i'm not sure if nigeria has a ministry of natural resources or something like that okay let's just say that you happen to be in a country where there's a ministry of natural resources or a ministry of mining or whatever mining and steel okay we have a minister of mining and steel anyway let me not display my ignorance so that my nigerian listeners won't um, judge me harshly for being out of step with um local politics and uh the government officials that we have here so back to the limestone example um, yeah, you might find out that this person works in a ministry that oversees limestone mining. Now, you might not need that person's contact information uh, just yet, but it's good to keep that person's uh, contact details just in case. You may need to call someone in the ministry tomorrow, next week, next year to find out what is legal, what is appropriate, what permissions you need, uh, what is the changing regulatory um, landscape, you know, those sorts of things. So that is how uh, listening and conversational skills will help you figure out who is your customer, who is your likely business partner, or who are the stakeholders that you should be keeping in touch with um, in the future. Now, if you want more information on this, I have prior episodes that I've made on business communications, networking, and professionalism. Those were some of the more earlier ones. So you're probably going to have to scroll maybe like two years back, two years back to get to those ones, or... Uh, alternatively you can just use the uh, keyword search in this show most podcasting apps have an internal um, search function so even though you're listening to this podcast you can search in this podcast use the keyword networking and you'll see the old episodes i've done on networking where i dealt with some of these things um, in detail uh, be warned back in the earlier days i my uh, episode used to run uh, 30 45 minutes i think i even did one that was one hour so just prepared to listen for quite a bit and uh i think that is it for today sorry that today's episode is a 20 minute episode uh i just wanted to make sure that we fit everything into one episode instead of making um making the series uh unnecessarily longer than it has to be instead of having three or four series devoted to just uh one topic so that's it that's a wrap for episode 573 uh networking for getting leads and customers and um Let's see what else. Okay, so remember, I'm going to be rolling out a product uh, soon. I'm going to announce it on the podcast when um, that happens. And I'm looking forward to working with and talking to more of you who listen uh, to the podcast. So thanks for your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next recording.